0: Welcome to Get Dressed The Podcast. We are two friends who just love talking about all things wardrobe related and we thought we would open up the conversation for anything and anyone else to join.
1: If you have a burning wardrobe question, don't let it burn a hole in your pocket. Find us at Get Dressed The Podcast on Instagram or email your questions to us at getdressedthepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. <gasps> oh, there she is. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> oh, good. I just... So happy that you um, turned up today in this sunny, beautiful weather and um, that you practice what you preach.
0: Yeah, I, um, I had a little bit of a visit to the office this week where I got to pick up a couple of things, including this gorgeous hat.
1: It is very
0: you. It fits. Thanks. It looks amazing on you. I mean, it doesn't. We can take it off, but I thought you would appreciate it. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've had... um, Do you know what? It's like the first time in... I guess we're not really in lockdown, but we're not really in like a normal life either. But like I've had a weekend where I didn't have any crazy house things to do or I didn't have... Like I didn't have to go buy a fridge or I didn't have to like pick out some stain for some wood somewhere. Like I didn't have to do something I know nothing about. Yeah. So I've kind of been like just, you know, pottering around the house and like doing more normal things, which is being so nice that's nice yeah what about you pottering around the home is actually
1: such a thing that I feel that I appreciate so much more now
0: yeah um, it's a key uh, to sanity I don't want to potter in the office I want to potter in my living room you know no, but I found before
1: I didn't have time time to potter where I couldn't consider a potter
0: yeah I know I mean I could Gonna make some joke about Harry Potter, but anyway, and then I would get into a whole thing about cancel culture and JK Rowling, so let's just skip over the potter. <laughs> um, <laughs> skip the potter, get the potter. Um, but I also, wild times, booked a holiday. Oh, like a European holiday. So, in a week's time, I'm going to Mallorca and I'm gonna catch some arrays. Oh, and
1: um, now you have your chic hat.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've got. Some production. Um, But it made me realize um, that every time I go on a holiday, I will buy something clothes wise for said holiday. I will need a bikini or a summer, you know, I'll need a new summer dress or whatever. Because we booked this holiday like a couple of days ago, I have had no time. There's no time really to get stuff delivered because everything takes a million years to get delivered now. Um, So I'm actually spent the session kind of going through my wardrobe and pulling out. All my, I guess some of the things that I do have, like what I could wear, could I wear it differently? I think because I am Australian, I have a lot of summer clothes that honestly, I think just go in suitcases. I never wear here, ever. Well,
1: this is what I was going to say. I personally find that I have a holiday wardrobe because there's, in London, obviously there are days that are quite hot, but also when you're you're living in a city or London, Paris, New York, there are some kind of gauzy fabrics or certain outfits that are maybe, maybe it's gotten hot enough in a city, but you just wouldn't wear it in a city necessarily. Yeah.
0: I feel like I have a lot of, um, I don't know how to describe them other than they're just like a cotton wall. Like that really thin cotton fabric, mm-hmm. and they've got like broderie anglaise, or they're just like an orange and a blueprint, or just something that's like really not conducive to city life. Like I wouldn't, yeah, I don't know. It's the fabrication and it's the color, and if I ever put it on, it would, I don't know, it just doesn't. There's something about it that doesn't work. Yeah, it feels hyper, hyper, high peak summer almost. Yeah, and it feels really, really casual. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think I rock around the center of Sydney in those clothes and think nothing of it. And it must be because I guess the like proximity of the beach is closer or like that's, it's hotter or whatever. It just, it works. It's fine. But I think in the center of New York, it's similar because, you know, you can also go to the beach in New York. I mean, it's different, but you know what I mean? There's something about a big city that, I don't know, you dress differently. So I guess that leads us to this episode really, which was thinking about location dressing. And I personally am feeling quite nostalgic. So I've been in London for five years this year. I think you're a year ahead of me, or two years. long you been here? Um, Back and
1: forth, I guess, for... Yeah, I guess on-off, like, for seven years. Wild. Six six years, seven years. I'm losing track. Sometime. Back, yeah, back and forth between the multiple cities. Uh, yes, it, I mean, and adjusting to different cities wherever you live versus where you grew up or you know changing as your life changes when you've been Mm. um going through different stages when you're a student in a city versus or in a oh yeah city but in a different location versus then becoming a young professional and in that location oh you said the word professional young professional young a yp
0: a YB or a professional. <laughs> so, first question. First question.
1: Hi, this is Verity. I'm 27 and I'm from London. I was just wondering if you could share some advice on how to dress for work in a hot climate. I often have to travel to really hot countries for work, and I find it really difficult to know what to wear and still look professional. Thank you so much.
0: Well, I mean, I also find that really hard traveling for work. I mean, I think you. I'll let you take the lead on this because you do this a lot in the <laughs> older days.
1: <laughs> no. speak, speak of your prior experience. <laughs> My prior experience, I think for me, it is, well, it's been a learning process in the sense of what you are looking out for and what you, um, b- pieces, fabrics that are able to kind of bounce back that don't crease too much. A brand that I love and is can work quite well because they have a lot of sleeveless pieces and the fabric is quite light is pleats please because i find it's the beauty of it is that first off you can go in the washing machine doesn't need to be dry cleaned which is a great perk and it basically kind of just rolls up and can be really squished into your suitcase and then be able to just go onto the hanger and it looks the exact
0: same yeah bounces back
1: it bounces back and so then, i think
0: yeah. do you not find though so pleats please for anyone that doesn't know is like is a brand by Izumiyaki, so japanese designer yeah. and it's like a did a lot of imitation i think everyone yeah. then followed but it's like that really fine pleat and the way they can keep the pleat in the cloth despite washing or whatever is because it's heat set which you can only do in a polyester or yeah. man-made fiber a, yeah exactly it's a synthetic So for me, I only, I have a shirt, a please, please shirt that is falling. So I would never wear it in summer. It's very much a winter thing, but I find it really hot. Do you not get hot in please, please?
1: I haven't but it is a good point that it might not be polyester is not great
0: but then I do think sleeveless though sorry to interrupt you but sleeveless is different it is if you can wear sleeveless it is a lot cooler so in that instance I think you are correct but and it's quite flowy the
1: fabric isn't it's not
0: it's not form-fitting no it's not
1: form-fitting so I think that's where it kind of works well and then I guess if you did have a fabric that and you're, let's say, not staying at a place that has an iron or something, and you want to get out the wrinkles, I think the quick trick is to just pop it onto a hanger and put the shower on really, really, really hot. And usually the steam yeah. in the bathroom is able to kind of at least, not maybe not totally, but drop some of the wrinkles.
0: Absolutely. Do you know what my dad? my dad's work trip tip? What he would do is he irons. My dad is a big ironer. Really about a crisp shirt. Love him, Love him for it. So what he will do. I do love an ironing. There's something satisfying about seeing the wrinkles disappear. Go away. Don't get I know it makes yeah. time for it. High priority. Anyway, he will iron his shirts before he goes, um, fold them up in literally, um, I think he either, I actually think he folds them down into squares, but softly so you don't get the clean mark in them. Um, and then what he'll do as soon as he arrives, he'll unpack them hang on hangers. Mm-hmm. um do hang them up in the shower like you're saying but what he'll do is if they're a little bit too creased still he will towel dry himself but not fully and then put the shirt on when he's a little bit damp and the water and moisture will provide a perfectly ironed shirt now that's a tip i know my dad is over 50 like this is this is like a measured tried and tested tested response to the crisis of not having a crisp shirt. So just saying that's always an option.
1: To Verity's point, I mean, linen is a great option when you're in a hot climate. If it's a darker linen, which is maybe not necessarily great for sun, but if you're probably working, it's not this, but it will show wrinkles less. So Mm. maybe a black.
0: And if you have to wear a blazer, do a linen blazer. I have a beautiful white linen blazer. Um, Another Australian reference. It's from Witchery. Got it in 2007. Still wearing it. Witchery is like a high stream brand that I'm pretty sure is only in Australia, but I wouldn't, yeah, I would say steer clear of linen in like a skirt or a dress or trouser just because it creases where you've been sitting. It's really obvious if you, you know, even sat down for five seconds. So I think, you know, just stick to lighter fabrics. And and accessorize. I know that's like the age old like style secret, but if you have a couple of thoughtful pieces on, like a layered, couple of layered necklaces and a bald earring, or whatever it is, you will look more pulled together and then it doesn't matter if you're sweating or your linen is creasing. It's not a yeah. situation where you're gonna chuck on a red lipstick and it's all dandy. It's a, I would use jewelry to pull yourself together because in hot weather makeup does not stay on my face. So the other thing is um, linen shirts. I get all mine from UniGlo and they are epic. I've, I've even dyed white ones because I couldn't get the exact color I wanted, and they're honestly the best So recommend
1: them. There's a lot of linen traders also on Etsy. Oh, Huge. yeah, there are. Especially in Latvia.
0: Oh, linen in Latvia.
1: <laughs> linen, <laughs> bring your linen from Latvia.
0: Okay, next question. Hi, Ali and Georgina. I was due to move to London from Australia, but obviously because of the current circumstances, am yet to make it over. Now that I've had more time to think it over, I've been wondering, how much did your style change when you moved to London? Well, I don't think my style could have changed much more than it did. Although obviously I still like the same things, but my life in Australia was like jumping in and out of a car, hot weather all the time, very different. The one thing that really I expected that I was going to start wearing different shoes, like I didn't expect I'd run around in ballet flats all the time anymore, which I used to do. But the thing that really got me was handbags. I used to just put my handbag on my front seat so I went from doing that to on and off the tube in and out of stores all the time needing you know needing to carry
1: carry things all day with you
0: yeah I didn't was you know all my makeup wasn't in my glove box anymore it was like in my handbag like I think I used to literally rock around with quite a big tote bag and I'd have a whole makeup bag in there I'd have um god knows like a litre bottle of water, a book, uh, my diary, like whatever it was. Um, so I went from like really living that way to actually needing a cross-body bag. You know, I was expecting the coats and the, you know, different fabrics and needing to be warmer and layering, mm. but I wasn't expecting to need access to my handbag every five seconds and then it needed to be, you know, on me. Like I, when I moved here, I would have, was really worried about, <laughs> getting stuff stolen out of my handbag. Really? So much anxiety about it. But when I moved here, I knew that I couldn't have that tote bag because it was open, right? Like people yeah. would grab, I was really prepared for that. So I moved all my stuff into, I think the very 2015 handbag and Alexander Wang bag. And because it all had zips and was like safe or whatever. But I, I weighed... I'm actually cleaning out because I was going through stuff today. I weighed that handbag and it's four and a half kilos. Is it the one with the stud? Yeah. The so heavy. Like, yeah. I remember I really hurt my back from using it. But so I moved everything into there. I was like, okay, this is going to be... And you can make it cross-body or like fling mm-hmm. it over your shoulder. Fine. And it's like I had to learn to live without... You know, I used to be that person that in their handbag... I don't know. Have you ever seen Chloe Kardashian talk through her handbag? And she's got like... Um, Band aids and paracetamol and um, safety pins, and like you I know, I, when you become a mom, you really have to pack well. I'm not a mom, I was like 23, but this was me. I was like super prepped, I would always have tissues in my bag, I'd have like hand sanitizer, I'd, yeah, like, have everything in my handbag. Then I kind of realized I can't cart this around all the time, like the physio is getting really expensive. So, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's just my handbag. So, it's like just learning to be more practical, don't put shit in your pockets. Rule number one. And get a good handbag.
1: Yeah, I think for me, I would say my footwear did really change.
0: Especially, I I think because you because it does rain in winter. I would describe London as I don't want to say moist, wet. Like it's like the air is wet. It's, it's like damp. it's not raining, it's raining but yeah. there's so yeah. much moisture in the air. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I reckon in like January, I stop blow really drying my hair because there's no point. Yes, yeah. you can have an umbrella, but that's not where the wet like the water's coming from, it's just like in the air. Complete appreciation of the trench coat moment, they are so serve a purpose. Yeah, that's what they're for. Get one, wear one, use I was one. I would say
1: that is the number one investment I would say. Yeah. And you can get a great one great vintage ones at Portobello Market or even on Vestiaire Collective
0: yeah. or that We are- should um link the lovely lady on um, Portobello Road who is like the hustler for secondhand trench coats. Yes. Her
1: name is
0: I just call her the trench coat hustler. I'm pretty sure she has a website. We can link it.
1: <laughs> she does and she also sells a lot
0: of fur. oh Hillary Proctor. Hillary Proctor, yeah, she's amazing. She's been there for like 30 years or something crazy. Yeah, she's a Notting Hill, but Portobello Market
1: stable, I would say. And she's like
0: opposite Gales. Like that's, she's like halfway down the market.
1: Yeah, she's near Hummingbird Bakery. And Mm. she, yeah, she has an, an amazing selection. And I think even if you don't find your size, then if you go back kind of every week you'll eventually find it. And also at the end of the market, usually they have good trench coats as well. But it's definitely worth the investment. And I would just say footwear wise, I spray my shoes within the life of them so that they wick the moisture. With what product? With with here we go. Scotch guard. Scotch guard. <laughs> <laughs> Our sponsor scotch guard. Um, yeah. but I, I do and I also I learned the lesson. It took me several ruined pairs of shoes but suede it's papa sleeve I would also say I find that when it rains see, an umbrella will do the trick but if you can get a rain
0: hat it is also useful because sometimes precisely I put my hat back on for this conversation what do you mean by a rain hat I'm wearing like a fedora that is embellished with pearls this is not a rain hat but what do you mean what what is a rain hat I well this is quite a specific look
1: but I have a trench coat that's kind of a black PVC. So I have a matching hat, but it basically, basically I would say a hat that has a brim. It can just protect your face from the rain because sometimes just the wind is very intense. And so an umbrella just get is completely superfluous.
0: It's not an option. Mm-hmm. I um, do you like your PVC hat. I particularly like it when you have your glasses on as well and it braids and um, you can't see it because it's sprained so much that your glasses are wet. That's my favorite London look of yours. All right. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) Onwards.
1: Hey, Ali and Georgina. I'm 32 and I'd like to talk hemlines. There seems to be different rules for different locations, but what's your general rule to abide by?
0: Thanks. My general rule is more fabric than skin my personal desire is to be layered in like 25,000 caftans and 17 silk scarves. It's not about what's appropriate or or not. It's just like as a visual preference, I prefer fabric over skin. And because of that, I find that sexier and more interesting. I mean, I don't think there's a rule, like there's not one blanket rule for everywhere. Obviously, if you're on the beach, please wear less clothes than skin. If you're everywhere else, my rule is more fabric than skin. So I don't know. How do you feel about it?
1: My rule that was actually passed down from a cousin whose I think stepfather had this rule, but it's, it's called the bend and twirl. Not to be confused with the bend and snap, which is famously from Legally Blonde, but it was when she would be going out, with friends, and he would say, "You have to do." It sounds creepy when I say, would, but you would have to do a twirl and then a bend over. And if you could, were exposing yourself. Then the hemline is too short. Sure. Oh, I like that though. That's practical. It can be implemented quickly. Implemented. Obviously, there's there's different you know uh, mm. nuances to it, but that I think is probably less so obviously now go out with your friends where wear your hemline wherever you want but i guess mm-hmm. maybe in a professional context that's kind of a good a good check also yeah. just make sure for yourself that you're not being put into a position where you were by accident
0: for sure like my rule is like if you're comfortable i'm comfortable i don't think it matters obviously that's very open to interpretation and you kind of need to read the room on every circumstance but if in doubt always go longer right Go safe, and then in time, I feel like you'll work out what you're comfortable in. And I think the uh, the thing to remember is if you're uncomfortable, it's always very obvious to other people.
1: Um, it's always a rule. That's a
0: dating rule. That's a. It's like a life rule.
1: Yeah. Just make sure that you're don't feel that you've forced yourself to go into it. But if you are comfortable, then yeah.
0: I mean, if you're confident to wear like I don't know, like booty shorts, and then not a top. I'm so proud of you, but picky moment. <laughs> <laughs> For this week's isolation station coordination theorization justification. I yeah. want to talk about the best thing ever. Brilliant invention. Um, we have a lot of Muji in our office. And there's also a um, Muji down the road from the office. It, we're constantly there. I have never, however, seen the three-clip hanger. And I recently bought 15 of them. So what it is, it's like one yeah, hanger. Yeah, break it down for me, yeah. It's like one hanger and then three pairs of clips. Yeah. So I can hang three skirts, three pairs of trousers, three pairs of shorts, whatever it is right. on, on one hanger. One hanger. Or oh, I have a lot of off-the-shoulder dresses, three off-the-shoulder dresses in one. I don't have much wardrobe space. This is like great real That's... estate. I don't have enough words to talk about how much love this It's so good. You got 15. I bought 15, which I am actually going to have to of something because that was too many. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I want to write them a letter of appreciation. I honestly I was just... As always, please continue to send your wardrobe questions, queries, and conundrums to us on Instagram. Find our handles in the show notes. This podcast is edited by our
1: ever-patient extra limb, Will Stewart, and the music is by Hugh O'Brien. Bye-bye now. Bye.